friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Jamie or K MMA show. Is that the name we went with, Nate? I have no idea. Me either. It's been so long, and I feel so stupid that we missed International Fight Week. It still blows my mind to this day that we hung out, we watched the fights, but for some reason we just let it slip and we didn't record a podcast. It happens, man. We got caught up in the moment. We're all excited for the actual events. So, which turned out way better than I expected because I honestly thought. Um, uh, God, I can't think of his name. The guy that fought John Jones. Uh, why am I drawing a blank? Oh, uh, Santos. Yeah, Come Tiago on, Santos. Um, God, that was so bad. I was um, expecting Tiago Santos to get blown out of the water, but he came in and brought it. Well, there's a lot of uh, picks that you made that you didn't really assume would lose, and they did. Don't remind me. I'm pretty sure every person I picked... Um, on that fight card to win lost except for John Jones. Yeah, it was a pretty brutal. I mean, it was a, it was a really crazy card to watch. Like I, I couldn't believe half the finishes and just the way things turned out, you know? Yeah, it was terrible. Ben Askren, his winning streak is over. Yeah. And he got killed in the worst possible way. I mean, I, even like now I still see, people sharing it <laughs> like you know like it it was that of a that substantial of a knockout like when people who aren't even involved or really care about mma have heard about it or seen it it's not a good thing you know for the, the person on the receiving end but i mean hey good for george masvidal yeah i was really happy to um see him I get like a super crazy like, like signature knockout because he's been in the game for a really long time and I feel like he's finally getting into this groove where people are starting to realize that he's actually one of the best welterweights in the world. Yeah, you know, it's funny because he's at this position. I mean, that whole division's kind of in a weird position because you know, you look at how Kobe Covington was the previous, you know, the previous inter- interim champ and he's fighting against Lawler. So let's say he defeats Lawler in a very, you know, exciting fashion. How would you not give it to him? Because, I mean, he already was technically like, you know, he held the belt in some regards. And so why not give him the shot? Especially since him and Usman are fighting in buffet lines. You might as well. Like, that's a good storyline in its own. Masvidal, you know, he was not doing very well until he knocked out Till. And then now, you know, with Askren, it's just kind of, I, I, you know, like you see Leon Edwards coming into that picture too. And he's like, I need a title shot or I need Masvidal. And I kind of think you should fight Masvidal. I think that them two should friggin' butt heads. And cause I mean, that's a great storyline just in itself. The whole three piece Minnesota, you know, it's freaking all over the place as well. Yeah. My line of thinking is let Colby Lawler play out. Colby wins he gets the next title shot and then book Masvidal and Edwards because there's crazy storylines brewing between them and it needs to be settled because as much as I liked that um, he didn't really see any repercussions for attacking Leon Edwards um, backstage, I feel like they have something they need to settle and I feel like 
Colby should have never been stripped of his interim title. So let him beat Lawler, which I think he does because I feel like Lawler is kind of washed up. So let Colby beat Lawler. Let him make the division great again. Fight Usman. Book George Masvidal, Leon Edwards for a title eliminator fight because anybody else in the welterweight division or excuse me, nobody else in the welterweight division besides those two deserve a title shot. Yeah. Did you see who they're floating around for Askren? I saw reports that they're thinking of doing Damian Maya. Yeah. That's which is good for Askren because it's not like Maya's known for stand up, so he's not going to get clocked into next Tuesday. But which, yeah, I mean, it might be a boring fight, though, is what most people have concerns about because you get two grapplers, they can either, you know, it's like, you know, like it could just kind of nullify each other. Okay, you've seen that, you saw that with uh, friggin' uh, Nagano and the beast, you know, like they just kind of nullified each other because they were so hesitant on trying, you know, they didn't want to get caught with anything. And I think that's the same in grappling exchanges. You know, there's a lot of people just, you lose the position you can generally lose, you know? Yeah. But people forget, uh, Damien Maya has hands. He just doesn't really want to use them because he's the type of fighter that doesn't really want to hurt his opponent. He just wants to get in, submit him, and get out. Yeah. So, and then Rockhold, got his jaw broken and he should probably hang it up. You think so? Yeah. It's not like he's, I mean, I, I kind of felt he, maybe he needed to do one more thing, but I I was, I heard this thing kind of talking about it and there's just things that Rockhold does that he pointed out with the way, like he keeps his, you know, chin up and like things you should be evolving and trying to avoid doing, but he's still doing the same things that Bisping caught him with back when, you know, Rockhold was the champion. So it's just like the same things that Bisping saw like as exploits, other people could still exploit and do. And that's what one thing uh, Blackfield, even said, he was like, I, I saw Bisping connect that left. So I knew I could do it too. And that's exactly what he did. He just completely annihilated him and not, to mention he already almost finished him in the first round when he got him with the head kick. I like to blame the fact that he left AKA to go to Florida to train with Henry Hooft, which I get he wanted like fresh training and like a kind of like a new outlook, but I feel like he did really good at AKA. So maybe he was better suited staying there. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just kind of like that was the whole thing with, <laughs> McGregor like trolling um, Dillashaw about the whole thing about being true to your team and I mean that's the thing that was like the same thing with uh, Perry too like Mike Perry like he left to go to a big gym but it just they he wasn't getting the focus and attention he needed sometimes you gotta be with the people that are actually have your best interests in mind like being a team mentality and actually being close to the people around you like Rockhold had a true team in AKA and so walking away from that it's not the same, you know, like I understand getting like going and training partly in different places and kind of, you know, if you're trying to focus on certain aspects of your game, but if you're completely just switching gears because, you know, of issues that you're not growing or changing, which showed that he didn't change at all since his days in AKA anyway. So 
but at least they would have had more interest in telling them the truth than maybe sugarcoating it like a new team would because they don't want to lose such a big name. I would like to argue that he did change when he moved to um, the, to train with Henry Hooft um, in that he stopped using his grappling and went to be primarily a striker, which I felt was like a detriment to him because he was always regarded, even though he didn't have a black belt, he's always highly regarded as being an amazing grappler, tapping out high ranking black belts with ease. So I feel like he should have just stayed at AK and kept his all around game instead of going to Henry Hooft and just focusing on his striking. I know, still try to grapple with them, <laughs> black bewitch, but that well, didn't really work out very well. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was after he was hurt. But if, if you think about like when he submitted Bisbing when they first fought, he yeah. tapped him with one arm. Yeah, that was a different Brockholt there. I think it's just at this point, and he's just hanging up. Same with Melendez. I think Melendez is pretty much washed up too. He's starting to lose to up and comers. Where? Well, he's, that guy that that he fought trains at a really great camp and he's just like a young stud yeah but i mean melendez just didn't look very well either i mean even when you're a veteran in the sport i mean look at like diego sanchez was rallying and like not against chiesa he did terrible but that's because he had the worst coach ever like i don't know like he should have just stayed where he stayed put at jackson winkle john because at least he would have had them in their corner giving him sound advice even if they weren't focusing on him solely at the actual gym anymore but uh like his performance right before you know ufc 239 was actually pretty good he won you know he was the was that the mickey gall fight yeah he beat the hell out of mickey gall yeah i i feel like he's like one of those fighters that suffers from for being a tweener because I feel like when he fought against Kiesa, you could see it was clear that there was a size difference. Yeah. And I feel like uh, Diego Sanchez would be, like benefit from like a 165 weight class. Yeah. So what about your girl, Holly Holm? Holly freaking Holm. Uh, hurts my heart. I, I feel like um, Misha Tate, you know, she submitted her and... After that, she's just been kind of like on a roller coaster ride for like her career, like a lot of ups and downs. I, I feel like um, I, I was honestly really surprised that she lost to Shevchenko because at the time I always felt Shevchenko was undersized. But the fact that yeah. she, but the fact that Shevchenko was able to beat her showed me that um, one Shevchenko is amazing to be able to beat somebody who's that much bigger than her. And um, also showed me that Holly Holm isn't is great as we all thought she was because she was riding high after that crazy knockout over Ronda Rousey and people thought she was like superwoman like unbeatable but after like some losses you kind of realize that she just kind of struggles at where she wants to be because she bounced around so many weight classes like she went up and arguably lost to um Durandamy, I think she won. Um, like take away the e- illegal shots after the bell, I still feel like they should have taken the points away. But even without taking the points away, I still feel like she won that decision. Yeah. So um, right now, I don't want her to go 
up to 45 again. I want her to stay at 135 and just try to get better. Um, or maybe this is just that point in her career where Father Time is finally catching up with her. Um, I'm not really sure what's going on with Holly Holm because I remember after she got subbed by Misha Tate, um, there's this um, awesome picture that was posted um, by somebody. I wasn't sure if it was her or John Jones, but it was her and John Jones um, both wearing geese going to jujitsu class and they both had white belts on. And I thought that was awesome. I was like, cool. Like, we know Holly Holm to be multiple um, boxing champion, amazing striker. And I've always wanted to see her incorporate, you know, jujitsu into her game. But after that, she never really did. So at this point, I'm not sure if it's her age or maybe this is the competition, you know, finally getting better. Maybe she just ran into like the goat of all women's mixed martial arts. So I'm kind of down on her right now. Um, with me, it's just, I think she has the skills and the abilities. It's just, she's always, it's like, she's just too tentative. Like she's very like, you know, when that was the difference between her when with Rousey, she had a confidence against Rousey that I haven't seen since that performance initially. Like she was putting it on, like pushing the pace, using her size and keeping the distance and using her kicks and the punches, you know, jabs and actually using her skills. And like, she just, I haven't seen her perform like that since then. Like there's times where she'll have glimmers of it or she'll throw like the head kick, like at Beth, but you know, yeah. Beth, like she knocked her out, things like that. But it's not like that girl's the best either. You know what I mean? So it's like, those are easy opportunities that I felt like she, Beth wasn't really pushing the pace either. But Holly Holm saw an opportunity and actually took it. And I think Holly Holm, if she actually shot her shot more often, she would probably succeed a lot more because at least it wouldn't be – because that was the thing. Like you wouldn't expect – if there was a head kick KO, you wouldn't expect that from Nunez. You would have expected that from home, you know what I mean? And for her to get being the taller and just being caught with something like that, it's just – she should have saw it coming. She's really good at striking. She should have been able to read that, but it's just – I don't know if it's a confidence, a mental thing, you know, like maybe she needs to talk to a sports psychiatrist, you know, like to get her into that mindset. Like, I don't know what drives her. And I don't really see, I didn't see that drive at all. Nunez, she looked very hesitant to do anything. And Nunez is not one to do that. As you can tell, she just rushed in and just completely kept pushing the pace on home and just completely shut her down. So I'm looking at Holly Holmes record right now and she's currently five and five in the UFC, which I didn't realize it was that bad. Like since she knocked out Ronda Rousey, she's only had two wins that knockout against Betch Cohea and then a decision win over Megan Anderson. Yeah. Damn. Maybe, yeah, it's not. yeah. It's not, it's not looking good for her. And maybe it is time for her to hang it up. I mean, it's no point. And, you know, especially being a keep getting KO'd. I think she'd give it one more go, maybe two at the most, and see where she goes. If she loses, like, the next two, I think it'd be. It's, oh, if she gets knocked out brutally in the next one, I would say probably just to hang it up, maybe become a coach. Because she, she probably is really well at teaching others and really showcasing 
how to do techniques. But uh, in terms of actually being with the top dogs in her division, I don't know. It, it doesn't seem likely anymore. Yeah, I'm trying to think, like, who would she fight? Yeah, and that's another thing. It's like, it's not like there's that many people to really choose from anymore. Yeah, there's definitely not. Hold on, I'm pulling up her division to see, like, who they could, like, schedule. Okay. So. Okay. Well. Uh, uh, and this is based off the ESPN rankings. So they have Holly ranked at um, number five. And above her is Aspen Lad, Jerain Durandamy, and that um caitlin vieira girl uh, she just yeah. beat um uh cat zangano yeah i guess you can give her aspen lad well they were scheduled to fight remember uh, uh they, they were supposed to fight um but then they pulled holly to book her against nunez yeah but um actually i, I wouldn't mind that because they're both coming off tko losses uh, yeah, Lad just had a brutal weight cut. That, I mean, they could fight at 145. No, because I, I, I think uh, I, I hate the bouncing around. Well, I don't know. Even at this point, it doesn't even matter because no matter where they go, 35, 45, they have to face Amanda Nunes for that belt. Yeah. So, so I mean, is it like Aspen Lad? You, you saw the footage of her like getting like trying to get off the scale and stuff. Like she couldn't even hold herself up. Yeah, I, I was reading into it and the um, doctors, because um, it, it happened in California, so the California State Athletic Commission immediately um, ran tests on her right after her weigh-in, and apparently um, her hydration levels and everything was fine. They said that um, she looked like that, and um, they said it was uh, due to um, her being under so much stress over thinking about missing weight that she like kind of put her body into shock. Okay. Yeah. And I was like, damn. Or they got slipped a few, few checks under the table. And I'm like, hey, no, no, I, honestly, <laughs> I, I, I feel like California, um, with Andy Foster running it, I, I feel like they're like the most trustworthy, um, commission like over Nevada, I feel like New York's corrupt. So I, f I feel like anything coming out of California is like super reliable. Yeah. Jermaine's likely to get a title shot or, I mean, she doesn't care if she gets one or not, but she's the only person that hasn't fought Nunez, right? Or have they fought? Uh, I think they fought. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I believe, I think she lost. No, uh, oh, or did Jermaine win? Uh, no, she lost to okay. Amanda Nunez. They fought it um, back in 2013. Uh, UFC oh, okay, fight yeah. night, fight for the troops three. It was a TKO, but okay. they could give it to that Caitlin Vieira girl because she's 10 and 0, and it'd be a cool sell. Um, you know, 10 and 0 undefeated fighter coming up to take on the goat. Yeah, and she she has uh, some good wins, but she hasn't fought since March third of last year. Because since she's been in the UFC, she beat Kelly 
Fosh Souls, Ashley Evans Smith, Sarah McMahon, and Kat Zingano. Yeah, pretty good wins. Yeah, but I feel like I, I still think Kat Zingano is like the dark horse of the entire division. Yeah, she's not getting her freaking eye poked out by her toes. I okay. think think she could. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, she's had such a rough go, and like I, I just feel so bad because I want I want to see her do so good because I, I I swear she was um, gonna be the one to take out Rousey, but yeah. But she's see, on the, uh, no. Go I ahead. Say on the same card. I was gonna move on to to which card to the same one, but. Like with Aspen Ladd and all that, uh, your boy Faber returning from retirement. Uh, that's kind of risky. I, I'm like happy to see that he got a W, but I don't want to see him like stick around forever. Yeah, that's sad that he post that guy he fought postponed his freaking uh, honeymoon just to get knocked out. You know what I mean in the first round. Uh, such a rough go. Yeah, it's the risk you take for being an uh, ultimate fighter. Yeah. And then uh, the San, San Antonio, freaking uh, Walt Harris just completely destroyed the boa constrictor. Again. Oh talking about God. the big ticket Walt Harris? Yeah, just completely annihilated boa constrictor. It's like, oh my God, did you see him like just completely break? Like, mess up his leg too because yeah. of the way he fell it's just like god that was painful and i, I could have sworn that um walt harris was out of the ufc um but i think I, you think about the, the guy with the big tits remember like pretty boy that guy has been complaining and saying stuff i don't i've been seeing a lot about him getting out of the ufc but I don't, even, I don't even know who you're talking about. Big titty. The, that's the one. Never. Um, yeah. They kept fucking saying shit. Like he lost. Fuck. What? Who is that guy? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. They call it. Oh, it was the last person to fight. Um, damn. I can't even think of uh, his name too. Um, Curtis Blades. The last guy to fight Curtis Blades. There was Nganu. Was it Nganu? Yeah. Because I, I know who you're talking about now. Because the guy you, you're talking about um, sent those goons to try to fight um, try to fight uh, him in the hotel. Yeah. So um, that guy was trying to get like back in the UFC because he got... No, yeah. He fought against Justin Willis. That was He fought... Oh, he lost in Ganu and then fought Willis. Yeah, Big Pretty. That's the uh, worst thing ever. He fucking... Um, and that's why he, he was the one who dug them like um, titties or like big titties instead of Big Pretty. Okay. No, you know, I, I um, always thought Walt Harris was cut from the UFC because I kept mixing him up with uh, Gerald Harris. Oh, okay. Which he's been out of the UFC for a long time. Um, yeah. So try. on that same card too, freaking James Vick dying. Oh my god. James Vick. He he just you know, he got faked out like really hard. That was a pretty much what Gaethje did to him too. Just falling into the same Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, like 
you gotta, you know, he should have recognized from that loss, like, these are the type of things I need to keep my distance. I can't let, because Hooker is actually really good, <laughs> Dan Hooker. But it's just the same. Like, just Hooker straight up, people don't know him would be like, huh? Who the hell's Hooker? Yeah, he's he's not talking about those ladies of the night. He's talking about a professional mixed martial arts fighter. <laughs> it's just funny. He's freaking New Zealander, right? Or is he? Uh, yeah, he's he's with um, yeah. Israel, right? Yeah, trains down there. That's why he wants to be on that card with him, which I think they're going to try to do because um, Al Laquita was uh, raging Al was accepted the fight at least verbally see if it actually happens you know his name's Iaquinto right yeah but I just think about where we live in terms of that <laughs> okay alright I just wanted to make sure you were aware um, I'd be down for that fight I don't think it would be a good fight for Dan Hooker because I feel like he would just get out wrestled yeah probably but I don't know you never know I mean that's the thing it could take one flying knee just to end the freaking fight, as we've seen, you know? It's terrible. I don't know. What about that boy, uh, Juan Adams, all causing a fuss about his loss to Greg Hardy? That guy, he doesn't really have anything to back up anything he has to say because he went in there, he got taken down and just laid there. So I don't really see him arguing it. Yeah, I always laugh when people say, like, I'm going to knock this guy out for you. I'm going to do this. And the first thing you do is try to take someone down, you know? I'm like, yeah. Uh, you probably should have tried to throw with him first before. You know what I mean? You got to set it up. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like he probably felt his power and was scared. But also, Juan Adams is a, an actual wrestler. So I, I think he probably thought he was going to go in there and be able to dominate with his craft not realizing like how strong Greg Hardy actually is. Yeah. People don't realize when you're not sweaty and you're like super fresh, especially you got to think Greg Hardy's a new up and comer. He's going to exert as much power as he can to get out of something. You know what I mean? And that's what he did. He just literally, he didn't really use act like he did kind of like try to use technique, but he kind of no, fumbled he, with it a little. He, he hit him with that wizard. He barely did it, bro. Dude, go back, watch that fight. Juan Adams came in, and he's like, oh, this guy's going to try to take me down. Here, I'm going to show him that I know a thing or two about um, all aspects of MMA. I'm not just some crazy striker. I'm an actual student of the game. Yeah. That was Bruce's strength, bro. It wasn't the best technique, but he's learning. He's literally... Oh, uh, yeah. At least he recognized what to do. Yeah. So, so I mean, that's... Like, I'm not the biggest Greg Hardy fan, um, but I was uh, happy to see that he's, you know, showing improvements, even if they are micro improvements. Did you see they buried the hatchet though? Uh, no, to be honest, I didn't see that. Yeah. Well, Juan Adams was the one because uh, Greg Hardy like told all of his people like, Hey, you know, like it's just part of the sport, you know, it's no big deal. Like, you know, let him. Like, you know, pretty much like, let him be, you know, it's like no big, like, this is part of the game. This is a much love to him. I hope he does well, you know? And I guess Juan Adams like commented and said, I, I had the wrong impression of you because I, he, I guess he talked to Greg Hardy's uncle after the fight, like in the lobby of the hotel. And it, it, because of that interaction, he changed his mind about how he felt about Greg Hardy. 
And yeah. so he actually wished him luck in his career. Same with Walt Harris, actually. Walt Harris was talking about how he thinks like Greg Hardy's one of the nicest people he's met and that he's learned from his past mistakes. So, I mean, uh, it doesn't excuse what he's done. I'm not making an excuse for him. I don't really give a shit about Greg Hardy personally, but I mean, he, you know, if he's changing his life around, you got, that's the thing. You got to forgive people. You got to let them push through. Do you have to buy his shit? Do you have to, watch his headlining if he ever because eventually if he continues when he's going to end up being in a headlining slot do you have to tune in and watch it no if that's what you don't want to see that's what you don't want to watch you don't want to support him don't you know what i mean i just think it's um like i'm not a big fan of these witch hunts and i granted what he did well he didn't even get charged for anything because they like settled outside of court if i remember correctly um for what he got um, charged with and people won't let it go is what just like frustrates me so much because like they want to see him get, you know, pursued legally, which he did and that got settled. So where does it end? Like, what is he supposed to do? Like, I get that it's not right, whatever. It's really bad. Um, and I don't support it at all. Like I would never uh, beat up my girlfriend. I've never hit any of my girlfriends. I've actually, yeah. <laughs> I've actually been hit by my girlfriends before, which is really funny. We, I'll tell that story some other day, but I just think that it's just not right to um, keep bringing it up. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy that the, the, the MMA media has stopped bringing that up when Greg Hardy's fighting because I felt like a lot of the journalists were trying to push him away in the very beginning. Like, Hey, like let's bring up all this negativity and try to scare him away from the sport. And let's hope that he fails, which I, I think is messed up. It's like the guy made a mistake and he went through the legal system that got taken care of. And in his actions, he's shown that he's not that guy anymore. He yeah. hasn't, you know, been charged with any of the um, past mistakes. He's moved on. So I feel like everybody else should move on as well instead of um, hanging on to his past when he's trying to yeah. continue to live his life and be a better person and be an actual mixed martial artist. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's just like you don't have to agree with someone. You don't have to like someone. I mean, but he's definitely because like he's a father now too. I mean, that's what people, it's not like he hasn't had more relationships and now he's, you know, you can see he's grown as a person, him probably having a daughter probably changed him as well. You know what I mean? There's a lot of things to consider. We, we don't know him at, at a personal level. We don't know what kind of, you know, changes he's made personally. Uh, it looks like he's more of a religious man now as well, which might have been a big influence in that change. So, I mean, I don't know. It's just like anything. I I don't, it's just, even if he wasn't in the UFC, 100% Bellator would have picked him up or anyone else. You know what I mean? Because he, regardless of what he's done, he has that name value and it's not going to ever change. Yeah. I wish, because um, he, he trains at ATT, I wish um, Mikey Brown would back him and be his coach. Cause can you imagine like th- think about how good of a coach Mike Brown is all the good people that he has in his stable. And imagine if he brought Greg Hardy into that and was able to train him and mold him into 
a great mixed martial artist. I, I feel like Greg Hardy could actually, you know, create some waves in that heavyweight division with yeah. Mike Brown's backing. And I, I feel like he could um, greatly improve his skill with that guy in his corner. You know, uh, look at UFC 240. It's actually not that I'm like, you know, outside of the main card. Oh, you're, you're just jumping right ahead. You're, you're over yeah. it. We're, we're, there's no one else to talk about. I mean, Olaski did well. I mean, he did he, great. He called rounds, a faggot. So rounds, we're going to move on from that. I, I just want to say rounds one and two, he looked amazing. Um, but round three, he definitely gassed. But shout outs to Arlovsky for um, still hanging in there, putting on a performance. Then causing the controversy after because he told everyone that because everyone kept calling him saying he had a glass chin. So he told everyone to fuck off and that they're all faggots because of it. You know, <laughs> fucking guy, dude. Like, that's the thing. Like, I mean, that's another thing. It's just like people would make excuses for that because it's definitely from the era of where they've grown up. I mean, he's from where he's from, where he's come from. People don't like, you know, LBGT from where he's from. You know what I mean? It's just, they still kill people in Russia and different things, you know? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's just the way it is. So, and I don't even think he meant it in that way. He's just, it's kind of like that thing. Some people, it's like how uh, it's like the OG way of saying it, where it's not really pertaining to gay people, but just yeah, people it's just that a are derogatory term. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm not defending it, but I I understand what you're saying. He wasn't directing yeah. it at gay people. He was directing it at just um, people he didn't like. It's just it's just not smart though, because like at this point, I know like he's not like English wasn't his first language or things of like that, but. You should probably at this point recognize maybe not the best thing to say, even in the heat of the moment. I probably like I wouldn't really call someone or like, at, especially on live TV. I wouldn't say that, you know what I mean? Like, it's just kind of like, why? Like, that wouldn't be like my fucking thought process. I wouldn't be like, yo, you know what? Yeah, this is what I'm going to say. I want to call these people fucking this, you know? Like, I'd just be like, you know what? You guys called me said I had a glass chin. I, I'd say, fuck you. I just showed you wrong, you know? Like, I wouldn't, like, add, like, sprinkle in the other F word in there, like, add a little spice to it. I, that's just going to make it, just made it worse for Gay Jesus. I uh, love you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, shout out to Yoel Romero. But, yeah, I don't really have any comment. Shout out well, to I mean, that's the thing. It's, it's definitely, like, in America, it's definitely a lot more of an issue. For, like saying those type of terms, you go Russia, you go places like that. They probably say it all the freaking time. You know what I mean? Like it's sec- like they actually have a hatred towards that community. So anyway, UFC 240. All I care about is the main card. Wow. You're going to disrespect Eric Koch on the early prelims like that? Well, shit, they disrespect them. They threw him on fight pass people don't even buy fight pass anymore man yeah i didn't even know that was on fight pass <laughs> that's why it's early <laughs> that's what i'm saying you're not gonna watch the fight you don't got fight pass damn he used to be so good i i feel like um he should have never grown out of his hair he should have stayed bald and he probably would still be winning yeah honestly it does add to the mystique and then the female fighters on there 
not really too excited for that. Really? Gillian Robertson? She's not even like the favorite to win. I know, but she's Canadian. Shout out to all my Canadians listening. Oh yeah, but she's too nice. She's gonna lose because she's Canadian. She's way too nice. That's no, what. No, GSP issue, was a nice Canadian. He. Was I am not impressed by he, your performance. He's on a winning streak. Hey, he did win the belt. So. Okay, all right. So you're not. So you don't want anything off the prelims. Yeah, I mean, if you want to talk about someone, I'll talk about him, and I'll be like, "Well, never heard of this motherfucker." You've heard of Alexis Davis, 100%. That's yeah, but she's not even the favorite to that. She's falling off the deep end, too. Well, when she's coming off, uh, she's on the two-fight losing streak. She lost to um, our homegirl, Caitlin Chukagan. Yeah, I think I think they're setting up this fighter, the Vivian. Like, it's pretty much because Vivian's 7-1. I think they're like, okay, well, Davis is an established fighter going to give her that 10 loss her 10th loss and we're going to push up the, a new because I think that's what they're trying to do they're trying to rotate through the female fighters they have they need to get the new generation of female fighters because the ones that they currently have have been fighting for a long time you know well, you need, yeah, like you, you got to think they created these divisions because before there was women in the UFC they were all sprinkled out through other divisions Excuse me, not divisions. I mean promotions. Yeah. But I get it. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, that I don't, I think Alexis is on her way out. She's going to be going back to Invicta and that's probably going to be the end of that. Yeah. I'm picking Davis on that one. Okay. Well, we'll see. All right. Well, let's go to the main card. Who do you got for? I, I honestly, I'm really bad at pronouncing these um, these <laughs> the, names. The very <laughs> Canadian French names. You don't. You think you can't say them? No, it's Mark Andre Barry. Well, you got oh. that? Just say that. Just say Mark Andre and Christophe. <laughs> That's what it is. Christophe and Mark Andre. Is it Christophe Jaco? Yeah. Okay. That's right. See. Well, that one's easier than uh, Mark. Because well, that's not Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> that's um. Okay. Probably Sweden? Swedish, I think. I have no idea. What kind of fighter? What's it? He's from Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Oh, Poland. Polish. Christos, Polish. Oh, yeah. Okay. Him. I was okay. talking about Mark Andre. Okay. Well, yeah, obviously that guy's Canadian. You can just look at his name. <laughs> Anyone, anyone that has a dash in their name is immediately Canadian. That's exactly how you can tell. It's like this olive, olive, <laughs> Alvin Mercier, you know, you got the dash. Like anyone with a dash okay. is Canadian. All right. So who do you think is going to win this middleweight fight? Um, to be honest, I'm not too familiar with them. Like, um, judging by, I mean, Kristoff is a way higher veteran because he's 20 and four and Mark Andre is 11 and two. So I mean, it's pretty pretty different in terms of circumstance. I mean, hometown advantage might be a thing, but I don't know. I, I think Kristoff's going to do it. I think it's just the experience is what's going to outshine. They're the same age. That's crazy. They're both 29. And the, it's, I mean, yeah, it, it, it looks like he's primarily won by decision. So 
it looks like he can last all three rounds. And so if it just comes to him keeping the distance and, you know. Wait, who are you talking about? You're just saying him. You should probably use Christoph. names. Okay. Yeah, I didn't change. I said Christoph was going to win. I explained why he was going to win, bro. Who are you going for? I got Christoph. I feel like his yeah, experience, man. he's been around the block. This is um, Mark Andre's second fight in the UFC, and he lost his first one. Maybe it was Octagon Jitters, but I feel like Kristoff's uh, going to take it. Yeah. So, so we're the, what is it? The Canadian Gangster? What's, what's this guy go by? His nickname? Uh, yeah. No, yeah, he's the Canadian Gangster. Didn't he just get knocked out? <laughs> it was like pretty bad. Well, he's lost his last two fights. He lost to your favorite fighter, Alex Hernandez. He lost by unanimous decision. And then he lost by a unanimous decision to Gilbert Burns. Yeah. I don't know. It looks like, uh, I don't know. Like I haven't seen much progress from him. He has, I mean, if he can submit him, because it looks like primarily Aben Mercier like is won by submissions. So I mean, if he can take him and like, because he's, I think he's a wrestling basis, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, and it looks like he has the jiu-jitsu skills to back it up. I think that's going to be his key to victory. I'm not too familiar with his uh, opponent, but 13 and two is a pretty good record. Better, more wins than him, and less losses. So, and he's 22. Wow. Yeah, they're they're both coming off losses. Uh, this is kind of like a probably like a, a pick 'em. I'll go with Armin. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Aben, the Canadian gangster, because uh, hometown advantage. I'd say. Okay. So I feel like we're out of the territory of the lesser-known fighters, but who do you think is going to win between uh, Jeff Neal versus Nico Price? I feel like this is a really good fight. Yeah, they're really closely matched, I would say. Um, Neal, I think, is the favorite. So I kind of feel like they probably have that right i think it's gonna be jeff neal i think it's just he brings something to the table that i don't know if nico price is gonna be able to match yeah i remember in his last fight against uh bilal muhammad and he socked him up yeah <laughs> it, it was pretty bad so that's the thing I, I feel like that momentum from that's just gonna play into it i mean you can't buy confidence like that once you're you know, you're on that roll. It's kind of hard to deter it unless you just fight someone completely, you know, you know, like someone is just way above, but I feel like they're so closely in terms of like skill level that that confidence is really what's going to push him over his opponent. Yeah. Well, I, so, I feel like Neil. Nico price um, is the ve- like veteran out of the two when it comes to being in the UFC I still can't get over that crazy knockout he had over Randy Brown. Remember, Randy Brown had him mounted, and he knocked him out with like hammer fists off of yeah. his back. Holy crap! That 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 shit was crazy. I mean, yeah, I mean that's the thing. You taking risks like that and doing like whatever is necessary to win. That's the kind of things that can really 
benefit him in this fight. Like if he's willing to take those risks and really to think outside the box, you know, I yeah. mean, they're, they're really close. I mean, it's kind of one of those things. It's hard to say, but I would just, they're both doing pretty well. So that's a kind of like a pick them too, but I, I just kind of feel like Neil's going to win it. Yeah. I got my money on Neil. So, and I think one of the more interesting fights of the night, we have the return of Chris Cyborg and she's taking on the undefeated Canadian Felicia Spencer. Yeah. Most people just assume Cyborg's going to win just because she's always been so dominant until she ran into Nunez, which we saw her get defeated live, you know? Yeah, but this is Felicia Spencer. This is the former Invicta champion. You know, um, one thing is I can see Spencer wrestling with Chris, and if she can take her down, I, I see Felicia winning it. If really? She can't. You're going to yeah. disrespect Cyborg's black belt like that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could have. Like at the striking game, you thought everyone thought Cyborg was going to be better at striking than Nunez, and look what happened to her. I, I think they need to run it back. I mean, it's not like Cyborg's getting up. Like she's been in the game for a long time, man, and she's been yeah, trained but, for some. But taking very little damage. You take damage from working out too. I mean, you played the UFC game, man. You can't go on forever. Yeah, he but, starts chipping away. <laughs> but yeah, obviously people take damage in training, but they take a lot of damage in the fights because they come in not a hundred percent. You know, still fatigued from the weight cut. You know, nursing injuries. Well, on top of being big too, and like she cuts a lot of weight, and it makes you wonder how much of that's a factor too. Uh, well, cutting down to 145 was okay for her. It was when they were making her cut to 140 when it was like an issue when she had to go hire um, one of those nutrition coaches. I forgot which one she hired. It wasn't. Um, well, because they were trying to get her down to 135 in order for her to fight Rousey. It's not they were trying Rousey. to. They weren't trying to get her down there. They knew she couldn't make it. They were protecting Rousey. Because. They everybody knows if Rousey and Cyborg would have fought, Rousey would have got beat up way crazier than she got knocked out by home, way crazier than she got TKO'd by Amanda Nunez. That's I don't know. Nunez was pretty bad too. Dude. Yeah, no, like she Nunez <laughs> was bad, but I I feel like Cyborg is crazier. If that makes sense, yeah, because. Nunez went in there and was like, you know, upset about, you know, not being properly promoted. Cyborg would have went in there with actual hate, wanting to hurt Rousey for all the crazy shit that she said about her. Yeah. But uh, who knows? Then maybe she would have took her down and did the arm bar. Cyborg has a black belt. She's not going to get caught in some stupid Ronda Rousey arm bar. I don't know. I imagine. You never know. That's one of those what ifs. And I hate it. I hate it so much because <laughs> uh, it, it's just stupid. Okay, whatever. So I I want Cyborg to win because um, this is the last fight on her UFC contract, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So 
I honestly feel like if if she doesn't win, UFC is not going to want to negotiate a good contract for her. They're probably going to try to you know throw some shade, give her a whack ass contract, and she'll probably end up leaving which I don't want, but I want her to win so she can try to have some leeway in those negotiations and try to, you know, get a better deal to stay in the UFC and get that rematch against Nunez. Well, um, Dana White was saying if Cyborg wins, he's willing to give her a one-fight contract to do the Nunez rematch. But if she loses, I I definitely see her letting her go because then it's pretty much... Nunez is the goat in women's MMA. It's like there's no yeah. ifs and buts. And so, Wait. why would you want to leave if you don't want to fight the goat? I yeah. I always have a little like problem calling her the goat because I honestly feel like she lost that last fight against Shevchenko. I yeah, think- but Shevchenko's lost the people too. You know what I mean? Like it's just no, no, kind of no. like. But we're we're talking about um, uh, you know, more recently. Like those two are both the champions, and I feel like when you look at what women's MMA, God, women's MMA right now, those are the two names at the top because those are the two people who are on winning streaks, beating the best out there. But I feel like they have to run it back at some point. They've haven't they fought twice already though? Yes. Twice. And who's won both? The second one was controversial. Okay, but see, she still won decisively once before. It's kind of like saying, like, Jones fighting, like, doing a rematch against Cormier. Don't say Cormier. He's on drugs when he fought him. Pico Uh, Grams. He was on cocaine the first time, too. Well, cocaine, whatever, but the second time, why do you think they had that no contest? Well, I mean... Cormier still sees it as a loss. So I'm going to go with Cormier's reasoning. Yeah. So the first time she fought Shevchenko, it was a unanimous decision, whatever. But the second one, it was a split. It was bullshit. I don't know. I I still, it's a win. It's a win, man. I mean. If a win is a win, then you should be praising Matt Hamill for having a win over John Jones. Okay. Well, he took Shouldn't have got those elbows, right? Yeah, but you're not hyping up Matt Hamill's being the only one to defeat. He wants John that Jones. rematch. He said he wants. Yeah, to go to be, the back. because he wants a one big payday because he's probably some broke ass has been. Yeah, so I mean, hey, good, yeah. good on him. So don't Let tell him me, don't tell me a win's a win because you're you're not praising Matt Hamill. Hey, Anthony Smith could have had a win against Jones too. You can't throw illegal blows and expect not to get. Like reprimanded. That's such a bullshit rule, by the way, and you know it. Everybody knows it. Okay, well, the Smith one wasn't a bullshit thing. Yeah, I agree with that. But and he could have actually lost if it, if it was anyone else. Like if that was like Chell Sonnen, Chell Sonnen would have took that shit. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, for <laughs> the controversy because he he's all about building up fights, collecting big paychecks. Yeah, so I mean, he's lucky. Jones is very lucky. He fought against someone who actually wanted to beat him, you know, with his own skills rather than take the easy way out. Yeah, but going back to Nunez Cyborg, I say they run it back. 
because it reminded me of GSP Mansara. Do you, do you remember that fight? Yeah. Yeah. You remember it's the most controversial freaking upset ever. Yeah. Remember GSP got TKO'd. It was so crazy. It was so fast. And do you remember what happened in their rematch? Yeah. But I mean, GSP is, is way better than Matt Sarah ever was. I don't know. He was good enough at the time to take that title. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's just like anything. You get a good hit. Like, there's always going to be that one out of 10 that you can win, you know, like nine out of 10 GSP would win. That just happened to be the one out of that 10 where Sarah won. And I feel like Nunez with cyborg wasn't like that. I feel like they, it could be a 50, 50 chance between them winning each other. It's just who can lay the first strike because they're both really powerful. They're both really skillful at striking. Yeah. That's, so, that's why we need to run it back. But that's the thing. Nunez, I don't see that as a whim. I think like that, like that. I think GSP just really underestimated Sarah, and I don't think Cyborg underestimated Nunez at all. I feel like she just got caught. Like go back to uh, JDS, Cain Velasquez. She threw in the pocket and got caught. Yeah, but yeah. that's the thing. She, she she thought she did what she thought she could do against everyone else. Because she's not used to someone actually being able to have as much power as her. <laughs> and so when she actually got hit, it, you could tell she started backing away immediately. She was like, oh. And then when she said, like, Amanda Nunez started pushing the pace, she's like, okay, well, I guess I'm just going to. She did the Kobe Garbrandt technique. I'm just going to stand here and hope one of my random throws freaking knocks her out instead. Yeah. So. Let's run it back if she wins. So this is all Cyborg you know, has to win this fight tomorrow. And I think she deserves a rematch against Nunez because right now there's no clear cut contender. And I feel like you can argue Cyborg deserves that rematch um, for the title over any of the people in the top 10 with a win over Spencer. Yeah, but if Spencer wins, then she deserves the title shot. Nah. She's undefeated and she beats Cyborg and she's 8 and 0. Yeah. Yeah, but I feel like you should throw in the other girl, let Felicia get a little more comfortable in. There's the no UFC. one else in 45. Yeah, there's Megan Anderson. She beat her. Yeah, Gustafson got Good. a title and- shot after, after oh a loss. You you want to beat Holly Holm? You want Holly Holm to go back up to 45 and lose again? No, I said Holly Holm needs to stay at 135. Yeah, there's no one else. Felicia Spencer's the only person. That, like, these two people are the only people that can fight for the belt in 145. So whoever wins between them is getting the title shot, 100%. You can't say 100% because that's never the case in the UFC. Well, unless Nunez fights at 135 again. And then nobody between these two gets the belt that gets to fight for the belt again. You know what I mean? And that's if they can even agree to a one fight term with Cyborg if she wins. So you think she's going to defend her Bantamweight belt before her Featherweight belt? No, I think they wanted to defend the Featherweight. I think that's what Nunez wants too. But that's the thing is Cyborg wins and then let's say they can't come to a deal and she leaves. You can't give her Spencer after if she loses, you know? 
But like I said, Gustafson got a title shot after a loss. Yeah, but I feel like there's other people in 135 that are actually on a tear that could win or like could fight for the belt outside of someone who loses. Like, let's say if Spencer loses, then there's no point. Then you might as well just stick at 135. Yeah, that's why I feel like having the featherweight women's division is so troublesome because there's no depth to that division. Yeah. Well, it's pretty much... There's not as much female fighters as there are male fighters. And so now that every promotion has a female division, it just, it's too scattered, you know? Like when it was just Invicta, they were able to, you know, really maintain it and run it to actually have these good fights, you know? But now that everyone's like in Invicta, Bellator, UFC, PFL, you know what I mean? It's like, it's just too scattered and not enough heads actually fighting. I think it did okay when like strike forces around. I, I just feel like because well, UFC didn't do it either. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying that yeah. it was good back then because they had the, um, the right weight classes. But what? well, I guess we'll just have to find out and see what turns out. So who do you think you're going for cyborg then? Fuck yeah. Cyborg trains in Orange County, baby. Orange oh, County. Okay. I'm, I ride hard for all the fighters out of Orange County. So, yeah, I'm going Cyborg. She's handing Felicia Spencer. Sorry to all my Canadians out there, but she's handing Felicia Spencer her first loss. Knockout round one. I'm calling it right now. Yeah. Um, I saw it get pieced up from Megan a little bit. and But, you know... Megan just has terrible takedown defense and just not really skilled in jiu-jitsu. Yeah, so she's, not, she's not able to throw those toe kicks. Yeah. So I, I definitely see Cyborg winning this. That's who I'm going to lean on. And I mean, it's just for the UFC sake and everything, Nunez wants that fight. I, it just I feel like Cyborg wants it, has that drive, that confidence. Because it's a, it's a lot of weight being undefeated for so long, you know what I mean? I mean, she did have one loss before, but it was just so long ago. It's just you, it's different when you taste defeat, defeat again. It can really drive someone to the next level experiencing that. And hopefully, you know, she comes back stronger and better than ever. All right. Well, let's move on to the main event. And surprisingly, another featherweight fight. We have Max Bless Holloway taking on Frankie the Answer Edgar. Yeah, that's that's gonna be a pretty good fight. This is a fight that's been like surprising that it's never happened. You know what I mean? Because they've been such a mainstay in the organization for so long. Well, they've tried to schedule this fight multiple times, but Frankie Max kept falling out. And it was going to happen. But remember, um, Max uh, was out. So Frankie said, screw it. I'll fight Brian Ortega. And he got TKO'd and lost a shot at the title. Yeah. And then that's the thing. It's crazy because if Edgar wins and then you think about Ortega lost to Holloway freaking decisively. And then let's say Edgar wins against Holloway. It's just like, you know, MMA math never makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you can never really do it. But uh, 
I don't know. It's um, I, I really see Holloway winning. I don't like. I like Frank Edgar. I think he's extremely talented, one of the best fighters in the UFC. But it's just Holloway's just on the higher level. I think. I think it's really interesting um, that he's defending his title coming off of a loss. I feel if Frankie Edgar and his coach, Mark, Mark Henry, amazing coach, super smart, intelligent. And I feel like they definitely paid very close attention on how Dustin beat Max Holloway. And I feel like if Frankie Edgar implements a similar strategy I can't even talk right now if he implements a similar strategy that he used against Yair Rodriguez just intense in your face like bully just wrestling him to the ground and just like beating him up I feel like if he uses that same style against Max I think he can take it I'm picking I think Frank Max Edgar. likes that I think Max likes that finding style though he likes people who push the pressure on him I think it brings the best out of him no, I th- I'm talking about getting wrestled. Yeah, like, I know, but it's just I feel I like he has the skills to really evade the takedowns and really like someone pushing against him. Like, he has great counters, and so if you have someone that's pushing forward at you, it's a lot of opportunities, especially if you're a skilled striker and someone who's very good at defense. I feel like and- Frankie Edgar has better boxing than Max. Oh, God. I don't know about that. Holloway is just like completely piecing apart people. Not Dustin Poirier. Well, Poirier is a lot bigger than him. Yeah, but you got to remember Frankie Edgar was the lightweight champion. He's used to fighting bigger guys. That was a different era, though. Yeah, it was a steroid era. <laughs> Just think about that for a second. Just think about uh, back then, the guys that Frank Edgar was beating at lightweight. That fool's 37 years old. He was a lot, it's a lot different when you're younger back then. He was, he was at Holloway's age at that point. Yeah, 37. He, he's different. like, he's like in his prime. Oh, he is not in his prime, man. Dude, did you see how he whooped Cub Swanson in his last fight? Cub Swanson's not in his prime. I'm not saying Cub Swanson. I'm not saying Cub Swanson is, but did you see the work that he put on Cub Swanson? If he was in his prime, he could have put the work on Ortega, but that didn't happen either. Well, with Ortega, he didn't respect his boxing. He just got caught. I don't know, man. I think I definitely see Holloway. I I don't see Edgar winning this. Dude, like. I don't think it's going to be a big blowout. I'm, I'm, I'm really confused at how you think. I'm not saying he's going to kill it. Like sounds like TKO it. Him in the first round, but I just don't see Edgar winning the fight. I could see it going to decision for Holloway. Dude, I'm telling you Max Holloway, five eleven. Yair Rodriguez, five eleven. Frankie Edgar knows this matchup. Rodriguez isn't the same as Holloway. Rodriguez is not doing he, as well as he was either. Yair Rodriguez, his only loss in the UFC is to Frankie Edgar. What are you talking about? He just beat Ch- Chan Jung with that crazy elbow. El Pantera, crazy striker. He's a, he's a crazy striker. Max Holloway loves to strike. I'm telling you, Frankie Edgar 
has seen this before. I don't know, man. All right. I think you're just I, on the bandwagon of Frankie Edgar. You think? What bandwagon? You him, I've been you watching. You want him to be? You want him to be the two-time champ? I, you just want it to be the swan song for him as he's on his way out. He's not on his way out. He's literally lost. Okay, I think that Brian Ortega fight. He got TKO'd. Whatever. He didn't respect his boxing. He lost a decision to Jose Aldo. Not a big deal. And he lost, arguably lost a split decision to Benson Henderson, which you could argue that he won that fight. And he's not. I mean, that's the thing. And naming all these people that Holloway's beat decisively that he's lost to. He's never fought Benson Henderson. No, I'm saying. Only person he decisively. Jose Aldo. One. Brian Ortega. Okay, and he didn't beat Ortega d- decisively. That fight was pretty intense. He had to dig down deep to beat Ortega. Yeah, that shows you the truth, like how much of a champion he is. That he was able to freaking bite down and really pull it off because everyone thought Ortega was going to win. Yeah, well, do you remember Frankie Edgar, Gray Maynard? He got dropped nasty in both fights. Yeah, Gray Maynard's... Uh... Well, that's the thing. Even uh, when he was fighting against Aldo and stuff, he's gotten dropped. He's gotten dropped against most of the people he's fought. Yeah, and he's only got TKO'd once, and that was because he didn't respect Ortega's boxing. That's because he got some pretty good decisive punches on him. Yeah, like I said, he didn't respect his boxing. Ortega's, he's okay. He's not as good as everybody really thought he was. Like, Max definitely exposed him. And that's the thing. If someone like Ortega, it's like you're saying that Holloway doesn't have a good boxing, but then he pieced up Ortega, who then pieced up Edgar. He didn't piece up Edgar. He just caught Edgar. There's a difference. Uh, I mean, he still had to set it up. It's not like it was just random. Um, like I said, he didn't respect his boxing. I don't know, man. I guess we'll we'll find out tomorrow. We'll find out when we actually watch it live. See how you're just talking about Frankie like he's some washed up featherweight. He's not. He's a good fighter. I you said he's on his way out. He's older. That's what happens. Do you remember Randy Couture? Do you remember? Oh my god, Randy Couture. You remember how old he was? Daniel Cormier. You're talking about one of the greatest. MMA fighters ever who's 43 years older than Frankie Edgar and is arguably pound for pound the best fighter. Yeah, but that's. But what? They're like older anything. than Frankie Edgar. Edgar has yeah. three years and he could still be pound for pound. I in think the that heavyweights have a different power structure. They, you always can have a way to win with your power. What are you talking about? Everybody has power in every division. There's every knockouts in every division. What are you talking about? It's because this full knocked out BJ Penn and Chad Mendes. I mean, he has power. He didn't knock out BJ Penn, but he did knock out Chad Mendes. Yeah, Chad Mendes, and he retired. So, um, but yeah, so I'm just saying. I, I, I'm I not just, saying he's washed up. I'm just saying. Well, okay, you're, you're saying he's on his, his prime. You're he's saying he's his on his way anymore. out. He said he was on his way out. He's not on his way out. Frankie Edgar is fresh off surgery. He's had time to heal. 
Max is coming off of a beating from Dustin Poirier. Hey, Poirier's a really good fighter, man. And that's the thing. It's not like he got knocked out. And Poirier's a lot stronger than Frankie Edgar. Um, I don't understand where you're going with that. Well, that's the thing. You're saying, like, that you think that Edgar's a better better at boxing than Holloway, but yeah. Edgar's not going to be as strong as Poirier. And it's not like Poirier knocked out Holloway. I didn't say he was going to knock out Max Holloway. I just said he's just a better striker. Because based off where they train, who their coaches are, I think, in my opinion, Frank Edgar is a better boxer than Max Holloway. He's faced that style before and did good. I don't know. I'm looking forward to seeing him get pieced up by Holloway just so I I can stare at you and be like, just be like, oh, what's going on here? If Frankie Edgar gets pieced up by Max Holloway, that's not going to make me feel like sad or anything because I respect everybody's skills, but I just think Frankie Edgar is going to win. Oh, and I think Holloway's going to win. And that's how it is, man. We agree to disagree. No, I don't agree with anything you're saying about this fight because you say Frankie Edgar's on his way out. He's not on his way out. Hey man, you know, I know you look up to your champions. I know he's been in the game for a long time and you really love your boy, but he's getting up there. Injuries are going to keep stacking. No, he's had time a younger to pressure heal. fighter. Hey man, t- taking time off and coming into a title fight's not the best thing either. There's so many ways you can spin it, man. I mean, there's so many op- either either of them can win realistically. Well, but I'm obviously, just saying, two people go in. There's only gonna be one winner or a draw. That's the thing. I just feel Holloway's gonna win because Frankie's 37. No, not because of that. I just feel like Holloway's a better fighter, and I think he's just gonna have his number. Well, I'm excited to see the fight tomorrow. Yeah, it's going to be really good. I mean, it's just even the Cyborg and Felicia Spencer fight. There's a lot, of, a lot on the line. A lot to set up the next, you know, like is really crucial to both divisions. I, yeah, I feel like it's a top heavy card. Like the, like seriously, like 90% of the card doesn't even matter. It's like just the main event and the co-main yeah, those are the ones that are most people are going to want to tune into. Everything else is just kind of like, we'll see it. And hopefully there's some people that are really going to shine and really take advantage of this opportunity. Because generally when you're watching, there's always going to be people that stand out that you, you know, you know, and you want to do well. But when it's unknowns, it's kind of more, you know, it's going to be on the fence on what to expect. And so if you don't deliver in these circumstances, especially on the main card, because most people are probably just going to buy the main card. If you know, Nico price and them, if he's really going to push the envelope, that's, that's the point, you know, that's where you got to do it because people are going to put the focus on you. So you and I were at odds when it comes to the main event, 
let's um, take two different perspectives. If Max Holloway beats Frankie Edgar, who do you think he should fight next? Mm, I don't know. Can't really thought about it too much. It's just one of those things. It was a matchup that's been in the works for so long that I didn't really even know who's in the rankings in terms of. Oh my god. Right. Oh, well, let me, let me educate <laughs> you, Nate. I don't know if you saw the reports earlier today, but they had um, Alexander Volkanovsky on call. He actually showed up to the event and he actually weighed in just in case Max Holloway or Frankie Edgar had a fall out of the fight. He was there as a replacement. So yeah. he's number or so out of the top 10. This is once again ESPN rankings. There's Alexander Volkanovsky is number two, Brian Ortega number three, Zoje. All I, I fucking said his name wrong. It, it's getting late. Um, Jose Aldo number four, Frankie Edgar five, and um, Zabi, Chansung Jung, Jeremy Siemens, and Josh Emmett. Well, obviously it's going to be Alexander. He's going to get the next shot. Whoever wins regardless of either or so you think if frankie edgar beats max holloway he doesn't deserve an immediate rematch depends on how he loses if he loses pretty decisively i would say it's not they're not going to throw it back but um who knows i mean but alexander's pretty impressive in terms of you know wins to losses 19 and 1 you know it's He's had so much steam behind him. It might have been something they promised him too, because you know, for Yo. being on wait for the card just in case. I mean, I feel like there has to be some type of agreement wait. for doing something like that. Nate, can you hear me? Yeah. Do I sound fine or do I sound like a robot? Sound fine. Okay, hold on, because the connection's like really bad right now. Let me, let me call you right back. Okay. Check. Hello? Hey. I don't know what happened. My Skype just crashed while you were talking. Yeah. I don't know. Like, it was saying, like, I couldn't, like, connect with you anymore. It was, like, it was weird. Yeah, this thing's getting all janked up. All right. Well, what if there are any issues? Let's just uh, wrap it up then. Are you down? Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, well, um, I'm going to have to splice up the audio because they're on yeah. two different tracks. So tomorrow, UFC 240, right? 240? Yeah, 240. 240, Canada, Frankie Edgar challenging Max Holloway for the featherweight title. It's going to be a great card. I'm super excited to uh, watch all the fights see everybody perform well and it's going to be a great title fight looking forward to it yeah i'm really excited i mean every every time any of the main and co-main are involved it's a great fight you know they're going to put on a show so looking forward to it looking forward to watching it with jamie make sure hopefully all of his picks are losers again so i'll be a happy man Real quick, um, you used to run like a fantasy league. Why don't you do that anymore? 
because uh, most of the, the reason we stopped was because most people just didn't participate after a while. Like, I think what it was is because uh, we, we did for every single card. We didn't do it just specifically for the main events. And then, you know, people stopped doing it. And so they started losing on the leaderboards. And so they just kind of like gave up, you know, because they weren't on the leaderboards anymore. So that was pretty much the main reason. Maybe if we did it again, it'd probably just have to solely focus on actual like numbered cards, you know, and maybe if there's a few, you know, ESPN ones that are really like drastically good would be the thing. But I think most people just kind of, especially when there's no stakes to it, they don't really care overall, you know? Well, let me propose this to you. Let's let the rest of the year run out and in January, let's just start a league, me and you, and we'll do fantasy picks for every episode. So they'll be tied to, together so we can go back and look at the results. Yeah, sounds like a good idea. All right. Well, I'm uh, right. definitely looking forward to that. Is there anything you want to um, say before we go? Because I know it's been it's been a minute since we did this. Um, don't add me on anything and hope all of you are doing well. Oh, and shout out to Bryce for tuning in to the podcast. Very excited that you're out there wherever you are listening. He's in the closet jerking off, asking for a dollar. (laughs) There you have it. I will gladly give you a dollar, Bryce. Thank you all for listening. Um, I really appreciate it. I don't really have a proper sign off for this. Um, Yeah, we'll figure it out. um, Hopefully by the, the next time we do this. Peace. Peace.